With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 15.825 megahertz. Worldwide Christian Radio. WWCR. Nashville, Tennessee, USA. news, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help us God. I'm Rick Walls. Today is Wednesday, November 1st, 2023. Israeli military forces bombed a Palestinian refugee camp for the second consecutive day. Early reports say there are mass casualties, including many children. Let's start with a CNN report about yesterday's Israeli attack on the refugee camp in northern Gaza. Doc Burkhardt is here. Yes, sir. Absolutely shocking, Doc. Yes. This happened yesterday uh, after we had started True News, so we right. didn't know about it until True News was finished. It's This is the most shocking thing so far since uh, October 7. Uh, obviously, the attack on the Israelis, October 7th, which was a horrible event, uh, shocked the world, but this this tops October 7th. Yes. And yet you have people claiming that the Israelis are entirely justified in mass killing of children. You got that right, Rick. I mean, they are justifying that. It's so bad that the leftist news media like CNN and MSNBC are starting to choke. They don't know what to say. I mean, when you see people like Wolf Blitzer and others uh, kind of stammering for words, like, how, what do we say at this point? You just blew up a, a, a refugee camp. Yes. And these are refugees who have been there since 1948. Yes. And you have several generations. You have people who, have, who were sent there in 48 who then died and are buried in the refugee camp, and their children and their grandchildren are living in the refugee camp with no hope of ever leaving. But they did leave yesterday. They left when the Israelis blew them up. And not just with one single strike, but reports of up to six strikes on the refugee camp yesterday, plus possible follow-up strikes today. Doc, look at this headline yesterday from CNN. Children were carrying other injured children. Witness describes aftermath of Israeli strike on Gaza refugee camp. And this is coming from CNN. An Israeli strike targeting a Hamas commander in the densely populated Jabalia refugees camp in northern Gaza has left catastrophic damage and killed a large number of people, according to eyewitnesses and medics in the enclave. Uh, 
One report, I was waiting in line to buy bread when suddenly, and without any prior warning, seven to eight missiles fell. That's coming from an eyewitness, Mohammed Ibrahim, speaking to CNN. There were seven to eight huge holes in the ground full of killed people, body parts all over the place. It felt like the end of the world. Now, according to a statement by the IDF, the airstrike targeted and killed Ibrahim Biari, who is described as one of the Hamas commanders responsible for the October 7th attacks, which left more than 1,400 people dead in Israel and numerous people taken hostage. The IDF also said numerous other Hamas terrorists were hit in the strike and claimed the Central Jabalia Battalion had taken control of civilian buildings. However, Hamas has strongly denied the presence of one of its leaders in the refugee camp. Hazin Qasim, a spokesman for the militant group, accused Israel of attempting to justify what he described as a heinous crime against safe civilian children and women in the Jabalia camp. Doc, let's just stop right here. Yes. Okay, so for the sake of the argument, let's say that Israel's right. Uh, a Hamas commander was hiding in the refugee camp. Okay. Is Israel morally justified in blowing up a refugee camp and killing thousands of innocent people, many of them children? Are they morally justified to get one man? Well, now, of course, I don't believe this, but if I was arguing for the other side, I would say, well, Hamas was using all those people as human shields. It's Hamas's fault that they were... And that argument is being made. You're right. But what is your opinion? My, there's got to be a better way to get Hamas than blowing up civilians, blowing up babies in, in, uh, in, in their beds. There's got to be a better way than this, Rick. I, I, if Israel wants to get Hamas, get Hamas. But don't uh, genocide the Palestinians to get Hamas. I mean, but the, but uh, this is but it's I, I had a discussion about this last night with a relative. Their techniques are exposing the motives and the mentality of the Zionists, and that is that all Palestinians should die. Yes, or leave. Leave or die. Leave or die. Go to another country or die. That's the mentality. Netanyahu uh, on Sunday called them Amalekites. Quoted uh, from, from the Old Testament scriptures in Numbers and said, uh, God told us to kill all the Amalekites, including their children. He believes it. He believes it, and he's telling his troops, God expects you to kill their children. So they have no moral uh, reservations about bombing refugee camps. And you have these so-called Christian Zionists in America giving them the full support of, of the Christian church in America saying, go yes, go do it. Kill those Palestinian kids. They've been there too long. Get rid of them. They're Amalekites. You say it uh, very uh, accurately. They're, they're teaching old, old Testament Christianity, which there is no such thing. Right. You're either in the Old Covenant or the New Covenant. So these guys like John Hagee and Jack Hibb and others, they're living in the Old Covenant. They got one foot in the Old Covenant, one foot in the New Covenant. And they've got their congregations completely confused. Yes. I had a discussion with a relative last night that was completely confused about this whole situation. And I had to spend an hour just kind of walking them through the whole 
discussion about it. And by the end, yeah, time of the discussion, it was like, I didn't know. I didn't know all of this. Right. Because they've been indoctrinated for decades right. in these uh, deceived evangelical churches. Uh, going back to CNN, it said children were carrying other injured children and running with gray dust filling the air. Wow. Bodies were hanging on the rubble, unrecognized. Some were bleeding. Some were burnt. This is according to an eyewitness who spoke to CNN by telephone. Uh, the witness said, People in the area were hysterical. I saw women screaming, confused. I didn't know whether to cry for losing their children or run and look for them since many children were playing in the, in the neighborhood. Uh, CNN said images from the scene showed a huge crater among rubble and damaged buildings. Uh, Palestinians and rescue workers were seen attempting to find uh, their victims using their hands to scoop away debris. CNN said at the hospital, the closest hospital to uh, the, the refugee camp, video showed a long line of bodies on the floor and a large number of wounded people, including children, as doctors rushed to treat the injured. Uh, many of the injured could be seen receiving treatment on the floor because the hospital's overcrowded conditions. Uh, the head of the hospital uh, estimated that scores had been killed in the blast. He said, quote, what you see is a scene no one can imagine. Martyrs, charred bodies in the hundreds. All we can do is keep taking them in. Most of the injuries are from explosives and head injuries and amputations. Uh, a nurse with Doctors Without Borders arrived at the scene and said young children uh, with deep wounds, severe burns, many were screaming, asking for their parents. This is a nightmare, Doc. Yes. This is a nightmare. Darkness is coming upon the world. And even the uh, still that we had from CNN on the screen doesn't even compare to the devastation. Uh, it, it, uh, what we're looking at on the screen right now, for those that are listening to us, it just looks like a couple buildings were knocked oh, down. No, that's not oh, no, it. no, 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 no. Uh, there, uh, there are cra craters where a neighborhood used to be. Deep craters. We're going to show you the initial report that CNN issued yesterday when news broke about this uh, atrocity of Israel bombing a refugee camp. This is Christine Amapour uh, delivering the news that Israel had just bombed a refugee camp. An enormous explosion at the Jabalia refugee camp in northern Gaza has caused many casualties, according to Hamas authorities who blame the Israel Defense Forces. The IDF has not yet commented. A doctor at the Indonesian hospital near the camp told CNN that hundreds of dead and injured have arrived at his hospital. Before this incident, the health ministry in Ramallah says that more than 8,400 Palestinians have been killed in this war. And every day, Israel's siege is causing ever more desperate hunger, thirst, and medical needs. At, le at least 500 people died in that. At least 500. That was, well, that was yesterday at the very beginning of the report. Right. 
they, they really don't know. And now Israel attacked the camp again today. Right. A second attack on a refugee camp. What, they didn't get the guy the first time? Is that the argument that they're making now? So are they going to say it was a, a Hamas rocket that went a, 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 awry? Yeah. No, the, the Israelis are now just saying we're doing it. Yes. Yeah, we were a little ashamed when we blew up that hospital last week in the church. But we got over it. We're not ashamed anymore. Now oh, we're doing and, it. And the reason why is because there was no real outcry. There was no outcry. No, there was no one cared. No, and you had preachers in America saying they have the right to do it. They're Israel. They have the right to kill civilians. They're Amalekites. They have to be wiped off the face of the earth. And so they're getting political cover and spiritual covering by America's pulpit prostitutes like John Hagee and Jack Hibb and, and all the other Christian Zionists. They're not Christians. They're not. I don't even want to use this phrase anymore. i got to come up with a new name. They're just Zionists. But they're giving them a religious covering and they're telling their congregations they're going on talk shows and and they're saying the Bible supports Israel you have to stand with Israel and God told the Israelites to kill the Amalekites and the Palestinians are the Amalekites and we have to kill them and the Bible says to kill even their children even their sucklings even the infants on their mothers kill them that's what they're teaching and you have people, we're getting it, we're getting blowback here with us, you know, we're getting True News viewers saying, Rick, you're wrong about this. The Bible says to kill them. I'm like, what is wrong okay. with these people? Right, let's, let's take your argument then, to kill them. Do you really want to take this all the way? Do you want to kill every single Palestinian that exists? Because that's where it takes you. I would say, Doc, the real hardcore Zionists... Like the Kufi crowd, the Christians united for Israel, they would say yes if it has to be done. It, they would say yes. Israel has a right to do it. They have a right. It's their land. The Palestinians are are blocking the Jews from occupying their land. They're going to have to kill them. They won't move. They've been there since uh, you know forty eight. Well, they've been there for thousands <laughs> of years. Now. Okay, <laughs> but the Kufi gang, the Goofy Kufis. That's really what they ought to be called. The Goofy Koofies. They want the Palestinians forcibly removed or eliminated. If they won't move, then eliminate them. And right now, they're cheering for Netanyahu. And Netanyahu told his troops, the Palestinians are Amalekites. Don't have any, don't have any conscience uh, Seizures about killing Palestinian children. You're, God expects you to do it. My friend, listen to me. Do not, do not join in with these Zionists. And if you're attending a church and your pastor this Sunday tells you that these Israelites have the right, the duty, they'll actually say the duty, to kill the Amalekites. You're going to get these pastors saying, you know, it's not nice, it's messy. This isn't something... It's complicated. You it's, wouldn't really it's understand. It's complicated. But this is a Bible war. We're in an end-time Bible war, and the Bible says we have to kill them. 
Not us, we're Gentiles, but the Israelites will have, the Jews will have to kill them. And we've got to stand behind the Jews as they kill the little children. Yeah, killing people is easy when it's way over halfway across the world, isn't it? So now standing with Israel means decapitating children with bombs. That's what standing with Israel means now. It used to be just having an occult flag. But we've moved beyond the occult flag. Now the occult symbol has become demonic. Right. Now what it represents is demonic. And it demands your allegiance. It demands it. And it demands you to suspend your conscience, your morality, and your belief in Jesus Christ. And to say, yes, my allegiance to the state of Israel requires me to support Israel slaughtering children. That's where extreme Zionism takes you. My Doc, the world must stop Zionism. (laughs) Or or we'll all become Palestine. Yes. The world, the civilized world must unite and stop Zionism. If we do not stop radical Zionism, the entire world will become Palestine and all humanity will become Palestinians. The whole world will become a Palestinian refugee camp. Let's show you what a Palestinian refugee camp looks like today. Yeah, we've got some video that that got out of uh, Gaza last night. So uh, let's take a look at this. Uh, So now this this is the moment. This is the moment you see people out. They're outside, and you see them running. That's because the first missile came in. So you can tell uh, the refugee camp was full of people. Now there there is. that's what it looks like now. That's what it looked like minutes after people started running. Uh, it, it's a scene. There, there's the bodies. That's 19 family members of a, of a uh, single family members of one Al Jazeera employee. And just lines and lines of body bags. You children. see the children weeping, crying. Uh, th- these are scenes from a nearby hospital. Uh, you see people carrying in little children. Uh, it, it's pandemonium. It's hellish. It's it's the worst. Uh, it's the worst of humanity. It's the worst movie you'd ever well, look at this, Doc. Yes. This looks like um, the the movie uh, Wars. You know Z. Yes, World War Z. World War Z. That's what that looks like. And do you know <laughs> that, that that one image we just had there? Uh, someone was carrying around a child in a bag. What was left bag. of the child? Yes. What was left of a child in the bag? I, I wish the people were listening to us on radio and, and just by audio. I wish you could see these horrific scenes. People digging into the dirt, the rubble with their hands, trying to find their family members. Um, there's one here of a, of a young man that, that lost his... Uh, his, his children, his three children. Right. This is number six for and, control. Uh, so get ready for that. This is my my three children. I've lost them all. Uh, this is another video here. Uh, the uh, caption on it was, Israel defends itself by dropping six American-made bombs in the Jabalia refugee camp. Just think about more that. scenes of devastation there. At the least bombs six. were made in America. Yes. It's said on the bombs, made in the USA. And paid for by the American taxpayers. Yes. And your your congressmen and senators are demanding 
that we send billions of dollars to Israel right away so that they can kill more Palestinians. And if you oppose it, you're pro-terrorist. Yes, you're pro-Hamas. You're not pro-children. You're pro-terrorist. That's the way they frame the debate. Here's the one with the father. He's lost three of his children. And he's hysterical. His, uh, his friends are trying to restrain him. He's lost his family. And this is life in a refugee camp. Doc, on any other given day, a country that bombed a refugee camp, the world would turn on them. But they won't turn on them, on Israel, because of the fear of the Jews. Yes. The Bible says the fear of the Jews. To this day, they have power. They had power at the time of when Jesus walked the earth. But they still have this power that others fear them. Why? How can how can a small group of people have so much power? Because their their intelligence services have blackmailed politicians in the U.S. and other countries, and basically they've they've got them in a vice, Rick. They've got them in a vice, and because of that, they control them. <laughs> I mean, it's just really that simple. But they got into the churches also. Yes, it started it started in I would say in the seventies. When Prime Minister Menachem Begin gave a, 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 an Israeli passenger jet, a private jet, to Jerry Falwell, senior. Yes. The late Jerry Falwell. It was a gift. I, Doc, when I got saved in 78, I don't recall ever hearing anything about Israel, Zionism. Um, through the 80s, I don't recall ever hearing a sermon about Zionism standing with Israel. Somewhere in the 90s, it started to creep in. You, you started, you know, with the, with the uh, end-time books. Right. The, the Tim LaHaye, Left Behind, things like yeah, that. Yeah, the late 80s, early 90s. They, they started bringing in, uh, hey... Uh, this is all going to come down around the country of Israel. We've got to stand with Israel. And even back then, the the most of the the motivation among the Christian Zionist churches was still um, still with the they, they were still thinking they're going to save the Jews. They're going to lead the Jews to Christ. Now the Jews are going to have to go through this terrible time. And, and the, the Jews are going to make, foolishly make a, a peace treaty with the Antichrist. Right. All the blah, 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 blah. It's all junk. Folks, there's no peace treaty with the Antichrist. There's no third temple. It's, this is all religious baloney. Okay, there's another word for it, but I'll just say baloney. It, it, there's no such thing in the Bible. It's made up. It's fairy tale stuff. The red heifer story. It, They're all looking for a red heifer to show up. Big deal. There are red heifers all over the world. Who cares if there's a red heifer? It's, these are religious fairy tales. But this stuff started uh, in the 80s. And, and you know, like I said, I didn't, I didn't hear it at all in the churches that I attended. But by the early 90s, it was starting to creep in. Right, in a big way. When it really kicked in was the Iraq War. Yes. And then I had I had guests on True News back then because I 
I didn't know any better. I just, I just, the only thing I'd heard was um, these, these prophecies about the, the end of the world and Israel and all this kind of stuff. And so the guests that I was interviewing were people telling me that, uh, well, I remember one professor uh, at, a, at a, a prominent Christian seminary, and he told me Saddam Hussein was, um, what did he, I'm trying to remember, uh, oh, he was, uh, that, that Saddam Hussein uh, was going to rule from a reconstituted Babylon. Okay? And that, that Saddam Hussein was building Babylon. Right. Yeah, I right? remember those stories. And, and they, were re, they were, you know, restoring the ancient site of Babylon. But he said something, and I don't remember that man's name. I've still got one of his uh, books. Because a lot of Christians were buying those books back then, all right, at the time of the Iraq War. And he said, he, he said on the interview... At the end of this war, this is 2003, whoever is in control of Babylon will be in control of the beast system, the Antichrist beast system. And he was absolutely convinced Saddam Hussein would be in control. And I remember saying, Professor, what if the United States is in control of Babylon at the end of the war? And there was just silence on the on the interview it was back then it was by phone just silence he didn't have an answer well who's in control of Babylon we are right now in, who is in control of the city of Babylon we are the United States we have Camp Babylon there we have a military base in Babylon but they don't want to recognize their own prophecies came back to bite them so here we are today in 2023, and now standing with Israel means blowing up children. And if you, Robert Jeffress said last week, if you don't support Israel, you're fighting God. You're fighting God. Well, uh, it looks to me like Israel's God is Zeus, the God of war. So I'm not going to support Robert Jeffress' God. Look, Robert Jeffress is the pastor of a church that started in a Masonic Lodge in Dallas. I don't know how many of his deacons and elders are Masons. I know some of them are. I know that his predecessor was a 33rd degree Freemason. Criswell. Right. Dr. Criswell was a 33rd degree Freemason. I want to... I'd like to ask Bob Jeffers to his face, are you a Freemason? You know that your church was started in a Masonic Lodge. You know that your predecessor was a 33rd degree Freemason. Are you, Dr. Bob Jeffers, a Freemason? Is First Baptist of Dallas a Masonic Baptist church? Let's out them. It's time to out the Masons in America, in the churches, that want... What do they want? They want the third temple. Yes. They don't want it for Jesus Christ. They want it for Masonry. Yes. They want to get back to Solomon's temple and the, the hidden secret knowledge... That's right. ...that they believe will be revealed there. That's what it's all about. 
And if the Jews happen to find a use for it too, then so much, then so be it. Well, Doc, you can't separate. Yeah, that's right. You, you can't. can't separate Jews from Freemasonry. You cannot. I, I don't have it with me right now. Uh, remind me, and I'll bring a quote tomorrow from a prominent rabbi in, I believe, in the 19th century who said everything about masonry is Jewish. And he was the founder of the Reform uh, Judaism in America. He was the founder. He said everything about masonry is Jewish. You can't separate it. So what is happening is this is Freemasonry. This is Jewish Freemasonry that is destroying the Middle East. They have to kill the Palestinians. They have to get... What are they after? The Temple Mount? Yes. That's that's the goal. The Freemasons, and that includes Jewish Freemasons and Gentile Freemasons, they are united together to destroy the Arab world so that they can seize the Temple Mount and build Solomon's Temple. That's what this is all about. And those pesky Arabs are in the way. Are in the way. And they have to be removed in the eyes of Freemasonry. They've got to get rid of them. Because they've got a job to do. And that job is to build that temple to Antichrist. These people that are leading this war are Antichrist. They are not God's servants. They are the servants of Antichrist. That's right. Um, okay. I'm going to get down to number um, number seven. So Israel deploys missile boats in the Red Sea as the Houthis attack from Yemen. So, so the, the Houthis have declared war on Israel. They did that yesterday afternoon. And uh, Reuters reported today the Israeli military said it deployed missile boats in the Red Sea on Wednesday as reinforcements a day after the Iran-aligned Houthi movement said it launched missiles and drone attacks on Israel and vowed to carry out more. Images disseminated by the military showed SAR-class corvettes patrolling near Alat, uh, the city of uh, Elat, in, in uh, the, the port city of the Red Sea, which Israel sees as a new front as its war in Gaza draws retaliation from the Houthis elsewhere in the region. Now, I want to put up on the map, on the screen a map. This is the you see the north part of the Red Sea. To the right of the Red Sea, you see the the city of Aqaba. I love been. Aqaba. I, yes. I love that little city. I fell in love with it the first time I visited. I love the people there. They're wonderful. If I could have a home in the Middle East, it would be in Aqaba. Right by the Red Sea. And I, I if you're in Aqaba, you can look right across and the see city, the city of Eliot. And you can see Egypt. Yes. Egypt and uh, Elat are across the sea. Elat is, uh, is, is it, uh, controlled, by, uh, controlled by the Israelis. They used to be Jordanian. Right. Uh, but after the 67 war, it fell to the uh, Zionists. So keep this in mind where the city of Elat is. And then, now let's look at another map of the Middle East. Now, you look down to the bottom of the Red Sea. In fact, um, let's go to number 10. This is yeah, yeah, we're not seeing, I want to show, there we go, there we go. There you see the entire Red Sea. 
And, and down at the lower right, you see Yemen. Now look up at the top of the Red Sea. Remember where I showed you where Elat was at? That's a distance of over 1,000 miles. Right. Doc, I had no idea until yesterday. Uh, one of our staff members and I were talking about it. And we both said, uh, I, both of us realized we didn't know how, the distance between Yemen and Elat. And so we, we looked at the map. And we did the we calculated the distance is over a thousand miles. Those rockets are being fired from Yemen. Going, and they're going, going up oh, the Red Sea. Right. The Some Red going sea. over Saudi Arabia. Going over Saudi Arabia across the Red Sea. There are ships, there are cargo ships, there are uh, oil tankers, there's natural gas tankers. Right. There are cruise ships with passengers. The Red Sea is full of, of, of naval activity. And you've got US, rockets flying US over. naval activity right now. Yes, and you now have rockets flying over the Red Sea. So, when does the United States Navy begin shelling Yemen? That is what I see coming. Well, I believe the, the U.S. Navy will shell Yemen. Uh, in a story I saw earlier today, the Biden administration and Saudi Arabia have agreed to allow Saudi Arabia to borrow an Iron Dome in order to prevent any further missile attacks from Yemen to Israel. But is... is uh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, Saudi Arabia is going to borrow an Iron Dome from Israel? No, from us. From us? Yes. And they're going to put it where? In Riyadh? I don't know where. But okay, so Yemen had been firing for a couple of years, firing sporadically, firing missiles at Saudi Arabia because Saudi Arabia and Iran were not good friends, although they're both Muslim nations. And Saudi Arabia is Arab, and Saudi and and, and, and Iran is Persian, but they're both uh, in Islam, but they have two different factions of Islam. Right. So they've been in a civil war for a while, and part of the faction is going against Saudi Arabia. The other has been backed by Iraq. And so well, what started happening months ago? Saudi Arabia was becoming friends with Iran because the Chinese were, were brokering right. a friendship. So the media wants us to believe that Yemen is going to bomb Saudi Arabia which is, according to their narrative, is going to bring Saudi Arabia into the war on behalf of Israel. That ain't going to happen. Of course not. That's not going to happen. My guess is this. I can't prove it, just a guess. My guess is the Saudis have cut a deal. Yes. They've cut a deal with Iran and the, and the Houthis and said, tell you what, you guys stop sending those little rockets over our way and you send them towards Israel. Yes. And uh, we'll look the other way. We're not going to say anything about it. Just don't get us involved. We got money on the table in this deal. Yes. Don't get us involved. So I, I don't see Saudi Arabia being attacked by the, the, the Houthis right now. No. But I, I think the Houthis are going to continue shelling uh, a lot. And, and at some point... Biden is going to send the U.S. Navy in to bomb Yemen. 
Yep. And now the U.S. is going to be actively involved. Or, Doc, Israeli warplanes have got to fly over Saudi airspace to get to Yemen. How's that going to happen? Put that map back up on the screen. Where would Israel, Israeli warplanes, where would they have to go? Are, they can't fly the Red Sea. So That's all they can do is go straight down the Red Sea and, and then turn into Yemen and bomb Yemen and then turn around and go back. I, I don't see any other route. They can't go over Saudi Arabia. They're not going to go over Iraq. Uh, they, they're certainly not going to go over Iran. They're not going to go over Egypt. And one of our staff members sent me a message here. We already have Marines in Yemen. We've had them in there since 2014. Mm-hmm. So we, we actually have U.S. troops on the ground in Yemen and have for nine years. So we already have a presence there. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, We're fighting. the targeting capability. America is continuously fighting Israel's wars. So this this is going to get uh, worse as, as uh, Yemen gets involved in the war and the U.S. begins attacking Yemen. Um, so the next one, Jordan Times. Uh, this is, I just read this today, uh, King Abdullah has arrived in Abu Dhabi, and he is on a tour of several Arab countries to talk about Gaza. Right. So uh, he is a friend of the Palestinians. He's got over 2 million Palestinian refugees living in Jordan. and uh, He is an outspoken advocate for a Palestinian uh, independent country, a state, and he obviously does not want this war to spread into Jordan. Um, he, he has to be... You can be certain that the Jordanian intelligence agencies and the military are on full alert that the Jordanian people, again, he's got two million Palestinian refugees in his country. Doc, if they rise up in fury against Israel, he can't control them. That's right. And add to that the, just the general citizen citizenry of Jordan itself. That's what I mean. All of them together. The, the, the Palestinians living in Jordan and the, the, the native-born Jordanians. But if, King, if they become furious and angry, and they are right now, I know that. I'm talking to Jordanians. There's fury. There's disgust. People are on the street or just they, they don't know what to do about Israel killing look they're killing their brothers and sisters they're killing their families Palestinians are tribal these are our people you're bombing you're bombing refugee camps well two million Palestinians are in refugee camps in Jordan that's right imagine if they were being bombed right now well they've got to be wondering is it going to come here Three months from now? Is, is there, so it, the king is very concerned that this thing is going to get worse, but he's also concerned about what Israel is doing to the Palestinian people. Uh, he knows that the, that the Jews are after the Temple Mount. Keep in mind, King Abdullah is the direct descendant of Prophet Muhammad. When you look at the lineage of Prophet Muhammad, you go straight down the genealogy and you arrive at King Abdullah. He, in his mind, has a responsibility to protect the Temple Mount. But he also has a responsibility to protect the churches because he is the trustee of a ancient pledge 
I think going back to the year, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's eleven hundred year old uh, pledge by uh, by a, a, an Islamic uh, conqueror who promised to Christians, "We will take care of you." in Jerusalem and the, and the other places of the Middle East. And he is the custodian of that agreement. His responsibility is to protect the Christian churches. And he does it. By the way, I was told as I was driving in to Vero, and I saw the video, but we didn't have time to get it here, Doc. Um, we'll show it tomorrow. Israel bombed... <laughs> They bombed a site in southern Gaza. And the video is a church service today in Gaza, south Gaza. And you see the Christians gather. I mean, the, the entire church is full. They're there praying. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then suddenly the church shakes. The church was not hit. But an Israeli missile hit directly outside of the church. And you see debris and dust flying in the door of the church. And you see the congregation shocked, turning around in their pews to see what just happened. This happened today. It's, I was told it was the, the oldest church in South Gaza. The oldest church. And so I don't think there's any news out about it, but I did see the video. Uh, it was sent to me by a Jordanian who was monitoring the situation. Well, what will Mr. Hagee say about blowing up another Christian church? Oh, it wasn't his church, so. They're not, you know what they say? I'll tell you what I've had American, even deceived, deceived evangelicals say to me. Well, they're not real Christians. I've heard it. I've heard them say it to me. Well, Rick, they're not real Christians. What do you think they are? They're the direct descendants of the first disciples of Jesus Christ. Think about what I just said. The Palestinian Christians are the direct descendants of the first disciples of Jesus Christ. And we've got American deceived evangelicals applauding the bombing of Christian churches for the sake of Zionism, covering up for it, giving them political and religious covering for blowing up churches. Well, those are the casualties of war. You know, churches get blown up in every war. That's just the way it is. Uh, Netanyahu is uh, hunting down Amalekites. And if a church gets in the way, well... Well, they were just Christian Amalekites. That's the way they view it. How do you view it, my friend? How do you view it? Be careful what you say right now. Be careful of the thoughts and the words that are in your heart and mind come out of your lips. Because I believe God is judging. I believe angels are marking people. I really believe it. I believe angels are, are marking people. This is a dark time in human history. Something very dark has come over the world in recent weeks. We're going into something that is uh, unthinkable. That we're, we're looking at videos every day of the bombing of churches and hospitals and refugee centers. And the world is doing one of two things. Turning its head and remaining silent 
or applauding. Right. Not the whole world. No. The Western world. The Western world. But, Doc, there is something happening. Okay, so... Um, I just showed you that, you know, uh, the King Abdullah. So look at number uh, 12. This is uh, Times of Israel. Uh, King Abdullah recalled Jordan's ambassador to Israel. Yes. But he's not the only he's not the only head of state. Um, New York Times reporting in South America, Bolivia cut relations with Israel and the governments of Chile and Colombia said that they, too, were recalling their ambassadors to Israel. So, there's a blowback taking place right now. Israel is not going to... Israel standing in the world is going to be severely damaged. It's going to be severely damaged, Doc. Now they have to win World War III. Yes. This isn't about Gaza anymore. They can't even come to a draw on this one, can they? They can't. This is no longer about Gaza. It's no longer about Hamas. Now Israel must win World War III because the world is turning against the Zionists. And if they don't win, the world is going to demand an end to Zionism. And the United States is tied directly to this. Right in the middle of it. Absolutely. We can't get out of it now. No, we're, we're in it also. Just like we can't even we can't even walk away. We can walk away from Ukraine. We can't, can't walk, walk away. away from Israel. Nope. Join at the hips. Times of Israel, four Palestinians killed in the West Bank. And the IDF arrested a top Fatah official. Why is this important? Fatah is the Palestinian Authority. They are the moderates. They run the West Bank. The Israeli military went in last night and arrested a senior official in the Palestinian Authority and his son. Doc, I believe what they're going to do is bust up the Palestinian Authority. Nobody will have time to watch. Right. They'll just bust it up. Yeah, because we're busy over here blowing things up. You won't see what's Mahmoud going on. Mahmoud Abbas might, might be killed or imprisoned. Nobody's going to say anything. When the war's over, there will be no Palestinian Authority. There will be nothing. They're going to take them out. Israel is going for the kill. It's all or nothing now. They're going for the kill. They know that the world is turning against them. They're going for the kill. They're going to take them all out. The next one. Times of Israel. U.S. Special Forces deployed to help Israel track down hostages held in Gaza. We have commandos in Gaza. And I think we've had them there for a couple yes, of weeks. But they're so. in Gaza. Yes. U.S. Special Forces are in Gaza. Working for the Israelis. Uh, and uh, the U.S. has sent Special Forces to Israel to assist, this is what they're saying, in finding hundreds of hostages held captive in the Gaza Strip. This is coming from a senior Pentagon official. Uh, though the U.S. has previously said it sent military advisors to help Israel in its war on the Hamas terror group, Christopher Meyer, an assistant secretary of defense, indicated that commandos have also been deployed. He said, we're actively helping the Israelis to do a number of things, Meyer said at a special operations conference in Washington. Meyer, who is the Pentagon's senior special operations policy official, told the conference a key objective for U.S. personnel is this, to identify hostages, including American hostages. It's really our responsibility 
to do so, he said. But that's just the beginning here. It is. That's just the beginning. Uh, encourage you to contact AmericanReserves.com. At least go to their website. Go to their website and look at what they're offering. Look at the, at the packages of food that you can acquire right now. And American Reserves, they've got a financing uh, mechanism. If you need to finance the purchase of food, you can do it. You can break it up over various months of payments. Yes. Uh, so there is no excuse. Plus, as we've told you, the Lord will give you the money. I call it miracle money. Make a promise to God that if he gives you miracle money to buy this food, you will give a portion of that money to True News for the support of this end-time ministry and use the balance of the money to buy the food. Here's a special announcement from Dr. Robert A. Schuler, the official spokesman for American Reserves. God's people are smarter than ants. Even ants know it's wise to store food. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provides her bread in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. I'm Dr. Robert A. Schuler, and I'm on a mission to encourage Christian families to prepare for tough times. That's why I'm endorsing American Reserves. American Reserves can help you build a food storehouse like Joseph in Egypt. American Reserves offers emergency food packages for a month or full year. Buckets of freeze-dried beef and chicken, assorted vegetables and fruits, and powdered eggs are ready for quick delivery. A panic can cause store shelves to be emptied in hours. Be wise. Be ready. Order food at AmericanReserves.com. AmericanReserves.com Go to the website, look at what they have, make the decision, and don't procrastinate. Make a decision. Just move forward and start building a storehouse of food. I can't emphasize stronger that we are in World War III. And if you're waiting on something to happen to convince you that World War III has started, it's going to be too late. What else do you need? The world is on fire. It is on fire right now. And there are still people who are waiting to find out if you and I are right. <laughs> I just, They're just waiting to find out. I'm not sure if Doc and Rick are right about this. Fox News didn't announce it yet, Rick. I know. They're waiting on Sean Hannity to say it's World War Three. Well, there are three people that America is not talking about right now. Zelensky, Joe Biden, and Hunter Biden. Well, well, let's say four. Zelensky, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Donald Trump. They've all faded away. They're all in the background. Nobody's paying attention to them anymore. And Donald Trump will be arrested. I mean, he will be convicted and put in prison. Nobody will even notice. It'll be a tiny little story in the newspaper. They might mention it on CNN. You would think that CNN and all the news media would would spend days showing you. Here is Donald Trump handcuffed, being put in, in a paddy wagon, taken to the federal prison. They're not even going to cover it, Doc. 
they're not going to cover it. It's going to be a crawl going across the bottom of the screen. Trump taken into custody. Yes. It will be imprisoned at whatever federal institution. Nobody's going to do anything about it. His supporters aren't even going to know what happened. Look, they, they confis- they're confiscating all of his real estate and his supporters did nothing. I'm going to say it again. A federal judge confiscated all of Donald Trump's real estate. They're taking it from him. They're going to evict him from Mar-a-Lago. And the Trump supporters did nothing. They're not going to do anything when they put him in a federal prison. Joe Biden. He's, he's not. Nobody's talking about him either. Nobody's talking about Hunter Biden. Nobody's talking about the Bidens in China. Zelensky. Nobody's talking about Zelensky. Poor little Zelensky. He, he used to be on the news every day. He, he was appearing in videos every day. He was speaking, he was speaking before parliaments. Parliaments. And everywhere. Every, Congresses. And, and nobody wants him anymore. Look at the story. It's uh, Hindustan Times in, in India. Zelensky abandoned by the West. Insiders say Ukrainian president feels betrayed. Oh, he is betrayed. They're done with him. They used you. Mr. Zelensky, we tried to tell you. You were a stooge for the West. They used you. Now they're done with you. Their real attention is Israel. And when they're done with all this war, your country, Ukraine, is going to be Israel. Yes, because Israel part part two. The Middle East is going to be on fire and they're going to relocate the Zionists to Kiev and rebuild Ukraine with Zionism money because the Arabs are going to take over Palestine. Can you imagine being a, a Zionist Jew living in Israel right now? Say you were born in New York City, Miami, Chicago, and you moved to Israel 10 years ago for the great uh, utopian dream of Herzl. Right. It's not a utopian dream anymore. It's a nightmare. Don't you think probably, I would say half of the Israelis are thinking as soon as this war is over, if I'm still alive, I'm getting out of here. I'm going back to South Miami. I'm going back to New York City. I'm not not staying here anymore. The moment this war is over, Israel's going to be depopulated. Because any sound-thinking, right-thinking Jewish man or woman is going to get out of Palestine immediately. They can't win in this, Doc. If they kill off all the Palestinians, their hands are dripping with the blood of four million people. Right. The world will hate them. The world will hate them. The entire Arab world will be seething. People will be vomiting. You haven't seen anything yet. You haven't vomited yet by the destruction that's going to come to the world through Zionism. It hasn't made you vomit yet. When this is over, people will vomit at the thought of Zionism. They will have to reconstitute it somewhere. It will be Ukraine. And then American and European money will pour into Ukraine to rebuild it. And Arab and Russian and Chinese money will pour into Palestine to rebuild it. Yes. 
the world is going to change. Let's take a look at, uh, I'm going to look at number uh, 17. This is uh, Joe Biden got $40,000 from his brother James in laundered Chinese money, according to Congressman James Comer. And uh, we've we've got a video. This I mean forty thousand dollars. This is a this is dropping the bus. Rob, I mean, we're talking millions of dollars, but they got proof on this forty thousand dollars. Let's watch the video. This is number eighteen. Remember when Joe Biden told the American people that his son didn't make any money in China? My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about China? Well. Not only did he lie about his son Hunter making money in China, but it also turns out that $40,000 in laundered China money landed in Joe Biden's bank account in the form of a personal check. And the Oversight Committee has it. Here's how Joe Biden benefited from his family's shady deal with CEFC, a Chinese Communist Party-linked company. It all began with a shakedown in the summer of 2017 when Hunter Biden sent a message to his CEFC associate demanding a $10 million capital payment. As Hunter Biden extorted this associate, Hunter claimed he was sitting with his father and that the Biden network would turn on his associate if he didn't pony up the money. The extortion scheme worked. Days later, $5 million flowed in from a Chinese affiliate of CEFC. Over the following three weeks, Biden family members made a series of complicated financial transactions to hide the source of the China money. Here's how that happened. First, Northern International Capital, a Chinese company associated with CEFC, wired $5 million to Hudson West 3, a joint venture established by Hunter Biden and a CEFC associate. Then Hudson West 3 sent $400,000 to an entity owned and controlled by Hunter Biden. Next, Hunter Biden wired $150,000 to Lion Hall Group, a company owned by James and Sarah Biden. Sarah Biden then withdrew $50,000 in cash from Lion Hall Group. Later the same day, she deposited it into her and James Biden's personal checking account. A few days later, Sarah Biden cut a check to Joe Biden for $40,000. The memo line of the check said, loan repayment. Like the payment to Joe from AmeriCorps funds, it's certainly plausible that this payment where James and Sarah used funds from China was indeed a loan payment to Joe. But even if this $40,000 check was a loan repayment from James Biden, it still shows how Joe benefited from his family cashing in on his name with money from China, no less. Without his family peddling his name and his son threatening a CEFC associate with consequences that he said Joe Biden knew about, James wouldn't have had the money to write the $40,000 check to his brother Joe. It's also worth remembering that Biden family efforts to secure millions from this Chinese company began when Joe Biden was still vice president. In taking funds sourced to a CCP-linked company that wanted to advance China's interests, Joe Biden exposed himself to future blackmail and put America's interests behind his own desire for money. The House Oversight Committee will continue to follow the money and hold President Biden accountable for his corruption. Duck, in the U.S. Treasury Department, there is a unit called the Financial Crimes Unit. Right. And all these... Uh, a suspicious activity reports generated by banks, they go to the financial crimes unit to be examined to see if a bank uh, holder 
a, a, a you know a, a bank customer is doing something crooked? Is there a pattern? What what we just saw, what Congressman Comer just presented, the the legal term for it is structuring. Right. There's a lot of people in federal prisons right now accused and convicted of structuring. Structuring is you deliberately created a a set of corporations to conceal the origin of the money. Pass through, yes. The Bidens are guilty of structuring to receive Chinese communist money. Will they go to prison? No. No, they won't. Hey, we've got to take a break. I'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to WWCR International Shortwave Radio. You can find True News on frequency 12.160 from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern and on frequency 4.840 from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. Connect with us on Rumble, Facebook, X, and Getter. Hey, welcome back. Second hour of True News. Uh, amazing, incredible times that we're living in. I, uh, I don't like it. Um, I, I don't like reporting these things. I don't like analyzing it. I don't like waking up at 3 a.m. praying for children. But it's the last days. Yes. Jesus Christ is coming back. And somebody... There's going to be a generation alive on planet Earth when Jesus Christ comes back. And that generation will be the end time church that will be faithful to Christ. Not faithful to Zionism. Not carrying out a political agenda. But standing for Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And that is what I labor to do every day with all my heart, mind, and soul. Is to be pure for Jesus Christ. And not compromise, not waver, not give in, not be used, but to be true, to be true to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I owe him so much. He forgave all my sins. He saved my soul. How can I not be totally loyal to him? Right. He is my king. He is my king. And I serve no other king. If you feel the same way. Would you join us? Would you become a partner with this ministry? Would you help us every month with a generous love gift? Do whatever you can. Go to truenews.com. Click donate in the upper right corner or the heart in the upper left. Make the best gift that you can make. Or send a check to P.O. Box 690069, Zero Beach, Florida. 32969. The phone number is 800 576 2116. 800 576 2116. Coming up next is Morning Manna. Are you concerned about this economic storm and how your IRA and 401k will fare during these turbulent times? Top experts are predicting now is the time to be protecting your assets with physical gold and silver. Find out why Genesis Gold Group is the number one recommended company by your favorite preppers and homestead channels. Receive Genesis Gold Group's free definitive gold guide today or give them a call at 800-200-GOLD.
Welcome, everybody. Um, today, uh, we're going to pick up in chapter 16, uh, verses 16 through 21. That's great. Right. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you, Father, and we praise you. We come before your throne with thanksgiving and praise, and we come in the name of your Son, who is our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we invite the Holy Spirit into this morning manna Bible study. Make us strong disciples of our Lord Jesus. Teach us your ways and your principles of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And we welcome this morning the 16 countries already checking in from around the world. And uh, oh, near and the hundreds of believers that join us each morning here for Morning Manna. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Acts chapter 16. And we're going to pick back up in verse 16, reading to verse 21. And I'm reading from the King James. And it reads, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. And brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. God bless the reading of his word today. Okay. Verse 16. As we were going to prayer, a certain girl, having a spirit of divination, met us, who brought her masters much gain by fortune-telling. So... As often is the case in the Holy Bible, Lydia disappears from the stage and fades away. She will make one more brief appearance in chapter 16, but will not be mentioned again. Nevertheless, Lydia achieved an honorable mention in the Word of God. What do we know about this woman? We know that she that she prayed to God. We know that she believed in the name of Jesus. We know that she and her household were baptized. We know that she was a prosperous businesswoman in the trade of purple dye. And we know that she was gracious and hospitable. Do we need to know more about this remarkable woman? The Lord was so pleased with her that he made sure the Holy Spirit reminded Luke to include her name in his narrative about the Acts of the Apostles. So now the scene changes. Yesterday, it was a certain woman named Lydia. Today, it's a certain girl. There's no name. She's not given. Her name is not recognized in the word of God. 
she's just a, a young girl, probably a teenager. And she's demon-possessed. And it says, uh, a certain girl having a spirit of divination met us. She went to Paul and Silas and Luke and Timothy and all the others who were traveling together. The story resumes with Paul and Luke, Silas, the evangelistic team, going back to the place of prayer by the riverside. Now, most likely, Lydia and her friends were there too, but they're not mentioned. Right. But Lydia may have been, she may have been out on a business trip selling purple dye. We don't know. But it's where, it's where they were meeting, the, the Riverside Prayer Spot. So that area was known as a place where people congregated to pray to God. So Satan sent a demon-possessed girl to that spot. Where else is he going to send people? Satan sends people to places that where people are gathering, being attracted by the Spirit of God. He sends people there to disrupt it. That's right. To confuse them. You know, people, when you encounter a demon-possessed person in a church meeting, people are like, I can't believe that happened in church. Well, where else is Satan going to send them? <laughs> What's the point in sending them out with the lost people? That's right. That's where the devil is all the time. The devil wants yeah. to go where he's, he's not, not. going dis- to disrupt his, his uh, operation. So, most likely, this incident did not happen on the same day as the conversion of Lydia. But another day, while the men were in Philippi. So this uh, slave girl, again a teenager, was possessed by a spirit of divination, identified as the python spirit. Right. Uh, The python was a, a, a spirit a serpent spirit that was worshipped um, and, and associated with the god Apollo. And people believe that the python spirit had the power of divination and fortune telling. So Luke uses this description, a spirit of python. Uh, people saw her manifestations and they were and they were genuine manifestations oh yeah yeah, it wasn't a trick it wasn't a magic trick or anything like that these were real manifestations of demonic activity wild distortions shrill cries behavior of madness uh Prophesy what she would say is prophesying, right? Uh, channeling spirits, channeling uh, spirits, yes. Um, fake tongues speaking in languages, 
but they're demonic languages. And I, look, I've seen in charismatic churches, I've seen people that were speaking under the power of the devil. And I've known that person that that is not the Holy Spirit. That is not tongues. That is demonic possession. I have seen it. And I have encountered it. And I have confronted it. I can tell you some pretty <laughs> amazing stories about things that have happened in my lifetime where I've had to encounter people who were possessed and in church and convinced everybody in the church that they were full of the Holy Spirit. Dachna is a one particular story um, about a, it happened about maybe about 30 years ago. Uh, I'll, I'll tell the story some other time. Uh, so this uh, python spirit caused this teenage girl to engage in wild behavior. And she uh, resembled a what's known as a sibyl. Uh, sibyl was a prophetess uh, in Greek mythology. Uh, sibyl was represented as a woman of old age from the mythical past of that time who uttered prophecies while she was in a state of ecstatic frenzy and and so this young woman is uh this teenager uh people are thinking maybe she's civil maybe she's python she's 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 got some type of supernatural powers and, and she has the ability to predict the future um she's a clairvoyant she she's a mind reader you know she's got all these powers it's it's interesting um saint augustine re- referred to the girl as a ventriloquist yes that's why i was saying the, the channeling of uh, spirits uh, uh, other voices coming uh, you know being displayed in the uh, person's life and of yes. course Nowadays, people pay thousands of dollars to hear someone channel a spirit to them. Yes. So, same now, spirit. This is, not, this, is, this, is, this is not to say that a, a a comedic ventriloquist, you know, with a dummy on his lap, is is full of, of, of a demon. That's not what this means. It means that in that age, people thought that... that um, People who had this Python spirit were ventriloquists in the sense that the Python spirit was speaking through their mouth. Right. The the human was the dummy. And the Python was the ventriloquist. So um, the Python was a, a, a mythical serpent that guarded the temple of Apollo on, on the southern slope of Mount Parnassus, which is located in central Greece. And the name uh, Parnassus means house of the God. Right. And this mountain had a, a, a an ancient history associated with Greek mythology. Yeah, the story is that Apollo killed a great serpent there and somehow the spirit of the serpent came on Apollo. Yes. And so, um, and that's the name Python. So, yes. and that's how Python gets associated with Apollo. That's right. So, 
the word python eventually came to mean a, a demon-possessed person through which the, the python serpent spoke like a ventriloquist. And they actually, the people then thought that ventriloquists had a python spirit living in, in their stomach. Right. So she was a, a soothsayer. Um, spirit of divination, predicting the future. Not prophesying, but a fortune teller, a, a soothsayer. And um, she, so she's valuable. She's valuable to her master. This, this teenage girl is owned. She's owned. She's owned like, like a uh, circus performer is owned by the circus owner. And she's being, she's being kept, housed, fed, and used. She, she belongs to some people, not just one person. It, it's plural, her masters. There's, there's, a, uh, there's an LLC. <laughs> there's a business entity that owns this girl. And that's there's what more than one owner. Right, and that's what convinces me that the, that what she was doing was genuine, because they, uh, uh, you know, if if it was all trickery, that line would run out real quick. Yes, but the fact that she was, uh, you know, genuine in in the sense of actually being able to maybe uh, give a, a word of we would call it a you know word of knowledge or something about a uh, you lost your watch or something like uh, you know anything or it might be in a relationship anything it might be but information that the person couldn't know otherwise right uh, so i believe it was a genuine manifestation of demonic activity and they monetized it <laughs> well doc just this just think how famous she would be today if she was traveling through um, America's charismatic churches oh my goodness she'd have a, she'd have her own show on TBN you know and what's ironic Rick is there are a couple of prominent prophetesses if you want to call them that that regularly talk about serpent spirits and Levi- Leviathan spirits a lot mm-hmm. or, or water spirits which have no basis in scripture, of course, but uh, but still, they, they go around talking about them a lot. But mm-hmm. back to our story here, uh, they monetized this demonic activity. Yes. Yes, they, they were making money. It was a business. And most likely they were, um, they had a circuit. Um, you know, if you stay too long, you, you know, the circus can't stay forever in, in a city. Because eventually people stop going to the circus. Uh, the circus can only come to town, what, every five years? You know? So you, you got to wait till the kids grow up enough, you know, the next group of children. Um, so mom and dad buys the circus tickets, okay? So they probably had a circuit. And her owners, I'm just guessing at this, probably took her from town to town. And when when they couldn't make any more money, when they had tapped out a particular town, they moved to the next town. So, um, she's, uh, she's, she's used by her masters to make money. This is a profit-making operation. And what we have here is 
what the scene that is developing is a showdown between Satan's occult powers and the ultimate power and authority of the Holy Spirit when the name of Jesus Christ is invoked. That's what's coming. And so, you know, Doc, when you're talking about her, her, her abilities were genuine. I'm thinking about the magicians in the earlier chapters of Acts. They were real. Yes. They, they, they demonstrated real acts of magic. They, they had powers. And um, sometimes they wanted to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. So this girl had power. She had. She truly was operating under the influence of a demon or multiple demons. So we get to verse seventeen. Following Paul and us, she cried out, "These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us a way of salvation." So again, Luke is narrating. Luke says she was following Paul and us. Me and Silas and she's following us everywhere we go. And she's crying out, these men are the servants of the most high God. And they are proclaiming to us a way of salvation. Now, isn't it interesting? That wasn't a a lie. That wasn't an untruth. No. No, the demons were acknowledging the authority of Jesus Christ. It would be nice if we'd get some preachers in America to, to be as truthful as these demons. <laughs> You'll have me thinking about that all day, Rick. I had to say that. I, just had to, I mean, just think about it, Doc. We get demons that are preaching more truth than a lot of preachers today, yeah. Than some modern preachers. Okay. So. Um, the demon in her, this python spirit, was compelled to acknowledge the true identity of Paul and his companions and their mission. She identified them, the demon did. These men are servants of the Most High God. And what are they here in Philippi to do? To show us. Not just you, to show us. She's talking about herself too. Yes. And the demon is talking about himself. Which is the way of salvation. And obviously the demon can't be saved. But the demon knows that Paul is preaching the gospel. Which will lead people to salvation. Something that Satan and the demons are cut off from. So, you see in this woman. I mean there's severe mental illness here. She's demon-possessed. She has mental illness. There's a divided consciousness, an inner struggle. Um, maybe maybe she is herself, the, the girl, is trying to get set free from this demon. Maybe she's crying out for deliverance. But the demon is has a powerful grip on this woman, yes. on her soul, her being. Um, so th- there's mixture here. There's, there's 
a human element and a demonic element. And they're both speaking through this young girl's mouth. You get to verse 18. She was doing this for many days. But Paul, becoming greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. It came out that very hour. Um, she got on Paul's nerves. That's really what this says. He became greatly annoyed. There came a day where he said, you know, I'm fed up with this. Every time I, I, I start flowing in the spirit, I'm really getting into my teaching. The, the, the anointing of the Lord is on me. All of a sudden, that demon starts mouthing off over here on the side. And I'm fed up with it. I've been ignoring it. I, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been praying for her. I've been trying not to have a confrontation with this thing. But I'm, I'm fed up with it now. It said she had been doing this for many days. Is that three days, seven days, many, 30 days? We don't know. Many days, a long time. Enough to annoy Paul. <laughs> it, got, it finally got him like, all right, I'm going to deal with this. And he, he spoke not to the girl. He spoke to the demon. Yes. Understand that. He did not speak to the demon-possessed girl. He spoke to the spirit that possessed her and said, I, who? Paul, I, Paul, command you. Who's you? The demon, Python. I, Paul, command you, Python, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to come out of her. So, my, my translation, I'm using a modern, says it came out that very hour. What does the King James say? It says, and uh, he came out the same hour. Okay. So, Doc, the same hour. It doesn't say it came out immediately. It says the same hour. Does that mean that she wiggled and convulsed for uh, 60 minutes until it came out? I don't know. I don't know either. It, but it says that same hour. Not that same minute, the same hour. I mean, Paul might have just said, hey, just let her over there. She's she's laying on the ground, wiggling and, and slithering like a snake. It's going to come out. Don't worry about it. I already told it to come out. Don't worry. Just leave her alone. Just leave her alone. You know, people might have been looking over and she's, she's moving in the grass like a snake. But in Paul's mind, he already spoke the name of Jesus. Well, when Jesus was casting out uh, the demon in Mark chapter 1, it says that the, uh, the, the demon, the uh, impure spirit within uh, the man, shook him violently and uh, cast him out with a shriek, uh, cast out of him with a shriek. And so, uh, the, you know, if, we don't know how long that took with Jesus. We right. always assume it was instantly, but it, you know, it, at least there was enough time where it was shaking the man, and right. uh, it was he, he was screaming and yelling and everything, and that was what, in Jesus's case. Yes. So what I, what I want you to see is 
If it took five minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, it didn't matter to Paul. That's what I want you to understand. Paul knew that when he spoke to it in the name of Jesus, that demon was coming out. Paul didn't, Paul didn't go, well, I don't know, I'm looking at my wife and she's been wiggling for 30 minutes. Maybe I better pray again. Maybe we better take her down to the Catholic Church and, and see if the exorcist can do something. That's not what he did. He spoke at one time. He knew the name of Jesus has authority over that spirit. And I don't have to stand here and have a deliverance meeting for an hour. I already delivered her. It, I don't care how long it takes that thing to come out. It's coming out. That's what I want you to understand. Don't doubt. When you pray, don't doubt. When you use the name of Jesus, don't doubt. What you say in the name of Jesus has authority. When you pray in his name, believe that what you have prayed has been done. And then stand. Just stand and wait. And it'll come out. One, one more point about this. The, the, the devil-possessed girl issued many cries over many days. Paul spoke one command on one day. It doesn't say Paul Paul spoke to her many times over many days. No, she spoke to Paul many times over many days. Paul, one time. Why? The name of Jesus. Jesus saves a lot of time. He's very efficient. He's very efficient. You just get things done with the name of Jesus. Well, this uh, Paul's action showed his authority as an apostle of Christ. Yes. But you have the same authority. How do we know? Jesus gave us the great commission. Yes. To go into all the world preach the gospel, make disciples of all men and women, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover, to cast out devils. That's, that's your authority. Cast out devils. Hey, Rick, you have yes. a couple people that are asking the same question here. How did Paul know that she had a demonic spirit? Because <laughs> she was wiggling in the grass like a snake. No, I mean, prior to that, I mean, how did he know that she had a demonic spirit? Well, you can discern it. I mean, her, 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 everybody in town knew she was the, the, the witch girl, you know? I, I mean, you just discern it. You, you, right. You're walking down the street and you see a, a, a crowd of people over here. And Paul's thinking, what's going on over here? You know, and he peeks in, oh. She's uh, she's doing fortune telling. She's she's predicting the future. She's doing magic things. She's speaking in a now. Her voice is a male. Now it's a female. Now she sounds like a dog. I mean, she's that's you know that's a sign of the <laughs> demon possessed. 
I guess what they're re- what they're really asking is, Rick, it, is it just certain people that have the the power of spiritual discernment in, in these matters, or is that available to all believers? Well, I think the gifts of the Spirit are available to all believers, and you should ask the Lord for the gifts. Um, you know, I think her behavior was so so obvious you didn't need the gift of discernment to know that she was demon possessed I, I, I just think she was you know if you see somebody who's doing fortune telling right, and uh, voices are coming out of her that are not the voice of a teenage girl right? <laughs> that's a clue <laughs> yeah, there's your clues right there I guess that the modern day teaching is, especially within Pentecostal and charismatic circles, is that certain people only have certain gifts and they're kind of locked in with that gift. I approach it from a completely different uh, angle. I look at the spiritual gifts as like a toolbox. If I have my toolbox, I've got a hammer, I've got a screwdriver, I've got a wrench, I've got a ratchet in there. Uh, If I'm trying to pound a nail, I don't reach for my screwdriver. Uh, if I'm if I'm uh, trying to turn a bolt, I don't um, you know look uh, for the you know for the hammer. No, I, I look for the tool that's appropriate for that particular issue or problem. One yes. of the tools in the toolbox in the spirit is the discernment of spirits, and that yes. and it, it's not like well you only get a hammer, and and if, the problem is if the only tool you have is a hammer, then every problem you encounter is a nail. Right, you got it, Doug. It's an excellent. That's an excellent analogy. Yes, and so I'm in total total agreement with you. The Holy Spirit is the possessor of the gifts, not right. you. It's His toolbox. It's His toolbox, and you can open it up and ask for to use any tool that He has. For for example, um, and, and by the way, you know the, you got these preachers that uh, say that they are they have a particular gift and they'll hold it. I like this. They hold an impartation service. I'm going to impart my gift to you. You're full of it. It's not your gift. I'm handing out hammers. (laughs) It's the Holy Spirit's gift. You can't give away to somebody else his gift. But they'll have these impartation services. You come and I'll lay hands on you and impart the gift that's in me to you. And then well, on the other, the Holy, only if the then, Holy Spirit wants to. Yes, and then on the other end of the spectrum, you have those uh, ministries out there that say that uh, you know the power of uh, the Spirit that all stopped in yeah. the apostolic age. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's like saying they, we no longer have access to a toolbox anymore. Right. That's because they don't have anything really going on in their ministry. That's right. And so, um, you know, uh, Doug knows this when, when, for example, when we have a, a meeting with people that we don't know, somebody that's requested to meet with us, um, what our team does, we, we pray before that meeting, Lord, we ask for the gift of discernment. Show us the motive of these people. Yes. Show us their spirits. Reveal to us in the meeting. Um, make them talk. I, I pray that. Lord, make them talk. 
Make them open up their mouth and, and say things to us that help us know what is their motive. Is their heart good or do they have an ulterior motive? Are they here for something else than helping this ministry? I need that. I, I, I need that that gift. And But that's the tool I need at that moment. Right. When, when, when I'm if somebody is sick, um, do I need the gift of discernment? Maybe. Maybe. But more likely, you need the gift of healing. You need the gift of healing. But why would I might need the gift of discernment? Because, because that be... person's sickness may be caused by their a spiritual bondage that they have. And I need discernment right. to tell them, this is what's holding you in the sickness let go of that and you'll automatically be healed so um I, i'll give you a quick example uh this happened many 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 years ago um there was a couple in my life really spiritual father and mother uh their name was art and betty williams and Art was a businessman. They had a farm in Myersville, Maryland. And I loved them dearly. They, were, they really were a, a wonderful couple. And um, I, they were a spiritual mom and dad. I just looked up to them greatly as a young Christian. And they had spiritual gifts just flowed in them. And they were gracious kind, always smiling, always happy. Um, but you couldn't conceal anything when they were around. If you had something sneaky, underhanded, sinful going on in your life, they probably were going to call it out. Yeah, you better take care of it in the driveway before you went in the house. <laughs> yes, but they wouldn't do it in public. They would never do it in public. They would never embarrass people, never humiliate. Art would just pull somebody over and put his arm around them and talk softly to them and say, Brother, you know the Lord is showing me this. And he would just deal with them so gently, so gently. But there was one time that something happened in public and they, had, they, were, at a, they were holding a meeting. It was a full gospel businessman's meeting. And there was a long line of people asking for prayer and they had the, the gift of healing I, I saw it it happened to me one time with with, uh, with Betty but anyhow uh, people were coming through a prayer line and this man and I wasn't there uh, Art and Betty told me about this and this man comes up to them he's next in line and they said what do you need prayer for and he said my leg I, 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 it's, it's become stiff and painful I, I can barely walk on it. And Art started to lay his hand on that man's leg. And his sweet wife grabbed Art's hand and pulled his hand off and said, don't pray for him. And Art's like, Betty, what are you, what are you doing? And Betty looked at this man. And I don't remember the name, you know. But she looked at him and said something like, who is Karen? And the man said, I don't, I don't know. She says, yes, you do. Who is Karen? 
And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, you're having an affair. You're a married man. You're having an affair with a woman named Karen. And your leg is never going to be healed until you repent and end that affair. And the man broke down and said, it's true. See, that that's the gift of discernment. That's genuine, sir. And word of knowledge. That's word of knowledge. Yes. And it was connected to the gift of healing. Yes. Um, there was one time, just the gift of healing. I would uh, often I would go uh, and and just help Art on his farm. He was a businessman, but he had a farm. He really wasn't a farmer. Uh, he was. Uh, it was more like Green Acres. Um, <laughs> he wasn't a farmer. He was, he was a city boy. Um, but Art, Art was, uh, at, at that time, I was, you know, a, a young Christian. I like I'm in my late 20s. And probably Art was probably about 60 years old, you know. And I, I would just go and help him out on the farm on a Saturday just because I just wanted to be around him. He, 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 he was such a... A, a positive influence on my life. And um, my son Jeremy caught his first bass in in Art's pond. A big bass. I mean, the biggest bass I probably he's ever caught in his life. I, th- I thought Jeremy fell in the pond. I heard him screaming. And the, the problem was he had, a, he had a bass on his line that was so big he didn't know how to get it out of the water. Jeremy was only four or five years old you know so he didn't know what to do with it you know but anyhow i was helping i was helping art one day and i had a chainsaw and he wanted me to to uh trim branches so i was up on a ladder with the chainsaw and i'm zapping these branches and the muffler fell off now the muffler's red hot but i don't know why i did it It was so stupid I, i just went into baseball action and I, I just, I caught the muffler as it was falling. It was stupid. But I, I did catch it. <laughs> it was a pretty good catch. Had it been a baseball, I, it would have been, it would have been great. Um, but I didn't have a mitt on. I had his bare hands. And so I caught this red hot muffler. And, and obviously I dropped it really fast. But I had huge blisters on all five you know, my fingers, my thumb, and the palm of my hand. Right. And I came down off that ladder. Art saw it. He looked at my hand. He goes, let's, let's get into the house right now, and, and uh, let's let's see if Betty has some salve to put on your hand. So I went in. Betty, Betty never put salve on my hand. Folks, I'm telling you, this is a true story. God is my witness. I had giant blistered. My hand was was throbbing. I mean, it hurt. It had been burned. I went in there and Betty looked at it. Art said, Betty, uh, get him some salve. And Betty just took my hand. She laid her hand on my hand and she said, Jesus, heal Rick's hand. And with my eyes, I watched all the blisters, blisters disappear. They disappeared. I'm telling you the truth. My hand was completely whole. Wow. They were a wonderful couple, and they operated in the gifts of the Spirit. Um, 
Okay. Verse 19. Yes. When her master saw that the hope of their game was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. So her owners, the the, uh, the shareholders in this Greek LLC, uh, were, were uh, motivated by greed. They're making a profit off this girl's ability to predict the future and do all of her evil work. Uh, so when Paul cast the evil spirit out, he also cast out their profit. So the love of money now comes into play. And these guys are angry. They didn't care about this girl's soul. They're lost. They're lost themselves. She was an asset. And Paul removed the magic box inside of her that made her a valuable asset. That's right. And now they're angry. They want revenge. They seized Paul and Silas. Now, for some reason, they didn't seize um, Luke and Timothy. They seized Paul and Silas. And this this happened in the marketplace. This is in the, the, the city square, place of public gathering, commerce. The shops are around there. People are buying and selling. They're buying tea. You know, they're buying... I mean, everything's happening there. They got, you can buy your camel there. You can buy sheep. This is a place of, of commerce. But it was also the place of court hearings. And so they brought Paul and Silas before the city rulers. These were magistrates. They're judges. These are official um, men who are authorized by Rome. Uh, often these magistrates were were military officers. They had military position, and yet they acted in civil roles also. The military was running the city. That's right. Philippi was a, an established colony for the purpose of granting Roman military veterans an opportunity for a life after serving in, uh, with uh, Rome in their army. That's right. So they, they, they brought them in before the magistrates and they said, these men, and notice they said, being Jews, are agitating our city. They didn't recognize them as Christians. Um, Christianity was not known. Paul and Silas, and they're the first Christians to arrive in Philippi. Nobody's heard of Christianity. Nobody knows about Jesus Christ dying on a cross in Jerusalem. It's unheard of. But they look at these guys and they go, hey, they're Jews. Right. Well, they were Jews. Yes. So the magistrates assumed that what Paul and Silas were teaching was another form of Judaism. Right. Now, remember that whatever Jewish believers there were, were meeting outside the city at the riverbank. That's where they encountered Lydia and the others. And so there, there wasn't they a weren't allowed to meet in the city. That's right. So, um, obviously, uh, the Roman government had a an aversion to Jews throughout the whole Roman Empire. Um, they were uh, viewed with disdain and suspicion by the Romans. Um, they were seen as troublemakers. That you know, when Roman authorities got together, they you know they often said, "Man." <laughs> 
running this empire would be a lot easier if we didn't have Jews in these various cities. So they had, there was a mindset, right? Jews mean trouble. So, so the, the magistrates now are facing with these two guys who are Jews, but they're not preaching Judaism. Right. But these guys don't know about it. They don't know what they're preaching. They just see them as these are religious Jews and they're accused of stirring up trouble in the city. Now, isn't it interesting that the, the owners of this slave girl, she was a slave. They owned her. What was the charge that they brought before the court? That Paul and Silas were a threat to public order. Right. They were disturbing the peace. That was the but first they one. Weren't, they weren't disturbing the peace. <laughs> the, the accusers were, were disturbing the peace. <laughs> That's right. So they flipped it around. The accusers accused Paul and Silas of doing what they were doing. Don't we see that often today? Yes. It, it, it goes on all the time. In the United States and Western countries, how many times do you hear Doc and I say, whatever they accuse you of doing, whatever name that they call you, that's what they are. That's what they're doing. It's a clue. You, they, 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 they out themselves. So these guys outed themselves, but the judges didn't realize it. Because why? Because these, these men, these are businessmen. They're paying taxes to Rome. They're paying taxes on all the money they make with this demon-possessed girl. They're out. They're upright, outstanding, tax-paying Roman citizens. But these Jews, these are outsiders. They've come into town and they've stirred up trouble. And now these guys can't pay their taxes. Isn't it all about money? Yeah. They're saying to the to the magistrates, hey, we can't pay our taxes now. What? You're one of the best taxpayers we've got in this city. Well, we're out of money. Why? These guys, these guys over here, cause, they cause an uproar, and all of our customers have left. They didn't say they cast out a demon out with the name of Jesus. They said, we're losing they, business. They've chased off all our business, and now we're broke. We're going to have to declare bankruptcy. We can't pay our taxes. So they they use the charge of causing trouble as a pretext to advance their personal financial agenda. And the public interest was just a smokescreen sure. for their real self-serving motives. So they're accused of turning the city upside down, turning it around. And, you know, they, they said they, they're turning the world upside down. Wouldn't, man, every preacher should be accused of turning their city upside down. Amen. I try my best every day to turn the world upside down. To me, I'm turning it right side up. I think the world is already upside down. The problem is it needs to be turned right side up. Verse 21, they advocate customs, which is not lawful for us to accept or observe, being Romans. So the customs in this context apply to Roman religious 
rites and worship the worship of Roman gods right so they're accusing Paul and Silas of being blasphemers that's right these guys only believe in one god yes and look at all the gods of Rome look at all our statues look at our temples they don't believe in any of it these people are are disrupting our, our city so Philippi was a Roman colony and the people were expected to follow the Roman beliefs and they were not allowed to introduce a new religious viewpoint that was not authorized by the Roman government right does America have an official religious viewpoint you better believe it does it does. You better believe it does. And it's not Christianity. It's not Christianity. It is not Christianity. So, basically the Roman authorities were tolerant of other religions, but they opposed anything that threatened the established Roman gods. Right. Why did they say they were tolerant? They knew that Lydia and the women were going out by the river. They weren't doing it in the city. They weren't, they weren't interfering with anything in town. So they just let it be and let let yes. it go on and everything. So the uh, police, the judges said, let them alone, let them alone. They're out there by the river. Nobody's paying attention to them. If they bring it into the city, we'll have to deal with it. And that's the way it is in America. Uh, they're, in their, they're in their little church building. Let them do it. Let them do it. But if they come into the city... If they come into the marketplace, if they come into the government preaching this Jesus thing, we're going to have to do something about them. We'll have to shut down their websites. We'll have to close their bank accounts. And notice the relationship between religion and money. Yes. Okay? The relationship between religion and money. And when you threaten the income of a false doctrine, notice how they attack you. Yes. Yeah, it's not about the doctrine itself but about the revenue and the income that comes as a result of that doctrine. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate to say it, but Zionism is a perfect example of it. Uh, if people did not support Zionism financially, Christian Zionism, it would fall apart. Uh, and so uh, because of the pillars of it are money, either given to them or donated to them by uh, individuals and maybe right. So, but... Uh, it's when you threaten the financial underpinnings of of uh, the false religions that they go after you. Yes, they do. Religions, big money, big business. Hey, everybody, thank you so much. Yes. An hour goes by so fast. I, I am so honored that over 400 people stay with us for an hour in the morning. It's very very humbling I'm grateful I love teaching I love doing this I, I've been if you've been following True News for a long time you know I was frustrated for many many years like I've got to find a way to teach the word of God I'm doing all this news reporting I don't have an outlet and now Faith and Values has given me a, a, a platform to teach so I, I am so excited and happy and grateful for the Faith and Values platform and for all the people that join us every day. And I just 
Just encourage more people, people that are using the people you're talking to on faith and values. If they're not in the morning man of Bible study and, and encourage them to come, yes. just get them watching the archives. Right. Share, uh, share morning manna across faith and values and uh, share the link. And you, you can share the link outside of, uh, faith and values too. That'd be a great way to get more people to come to faith and values. And yes. so, but invite people to the Bible class. Right. So we have thousands of people that are on faith and values, but each morning we only have about 400. So there's still a large group of people out there that could be joining us. I don't know how many people watch afterwards. I'm still working on getting those numbers, but we know live each morning that people from about 20 to 22 different countries around the world join us each and every morning. Several hundred people take time out of their schedule to learn from the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to teach them. Yeah. Um, Somebody's asking, uh, are we still doing snippets of True News and Rumble? Yes. Uh, This week has been slow, and I'll tell you why. Our our employee who does, we call them shorts, short videos. Our employee who does the short videos is on vacation this week, and we're just shorthanded. We really need video editors. We need people experienced in in media, in production. I mean, we really need people, and 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 I'll tell you, uh, if you know somebody who is good in video production, they don't have to move to Vero Beach. We we will uh, we can put them to work at a distance. Um, just have them get in touch with us. We are scouting and looking for people. We've got so much work, and there's work coming to us. We, we're getting people asking us to do things, uh, right. other ministries, other podcasters, and uh, we just need people. We need more skilled hands. I pray the Lord of the harvest, Lord of the harvest, send us workers. So that's our prayer. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers to us because we we desire to go into the field and gather the harvest. And it's interesting that word workers, Rick, is the word technon, where we get the word technology. Technology. Isn't that amazing? So we need, uh, we need people skilled in technology, media technology, to come to work for us right now. Hey, we better wrap it up. We're almost yes. at the one-hour mark, Doc. Sorry. All right, everybody. We love you, and we appreciate you joining us. Join us each and every weekday morning at 8 a.m. for Morning Manna. And don't forget True News Live each day from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time on True News. Dot com, faithandvalues.com, uh, and uh, Rumble, Gitter, and of course, WWCR International Shortwave. God bless you. We'll see you on tomorrow's Morning Manna. Goodbye, everybody. See you later today. Because you wasn't thinking about it. Hello. Hey, are we back? <laughs> we're back. Yes, we All right. We were here having a chat. You <laughs> caught us. Um, so, Doc. Um, Morning manna. It's a, it is a time that hundreds of people from around the world are gathering. And it is because we have a technology that is available to the body of Christ that it was never available for 2,000 years. Yes. Think about what the apostles would do if they had the platforms that are available to us today. You know, they had platforms back there. Sure. Jesus used a boat. That was a platform. Paul used the synagogue. He used the synagogue. He used, they, they had platforms. What were platforms? Things that you stood on 
to be heard and seen, to address the crowd of people, to teach them the Word of God. Right. It's a platform. That's what faith and values is. It's a platform. And um, the world has platforms, Facebook and uh, various platforms, but they don't want the gospel there. No. If, if you become too gospel-y, that's a new word, gospel-y. If you become too gospel-y, they will remove you. You can be there if it's a watered-down, milky-toes, mushy gospel. Right. But that's not the gospel. When you really speak the Word of God, you get canceled. That's right. So that's why we built our own platform, Faith and Values. And we encourage you to become a member. And your membership is a financial cushion for this ministry to continue to be bold and courageous and outspoken on behalf of Jesus Christ. We thank you for watching us. We thank you for praying for us and supporting us. To everybody, we say goodbye. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. God bless. Music City, USA. This is Worldwide Christian Radio, WWCR, Nashville, Tennessee, USA. From 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern, and on frequency 4.840 from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. Connect with us on Rumble, Facebook, X, and Getter. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.